can't judge a person and it turns out you didn't have the whole story? Ever learn there was a lot more to that story than you first realized? I'm Kimberly. And I'm Rebecca. Join us as we separate the little lies from the big reputations. my gosh, Kim, here we are. It's our first episode, our first First real episode. Are you excited for the first episode ever? I am. I mean, you know I love making podcasts, but this one I think is going to be extra special. It's just... Because I'm here? Yeah, obviously, because you're here. But also, just, I'm really excited about the subject. I mean, we're going to be talking about women. Yes. Women and their big reputations. I mean, honestly, how many times we've judged or misjudged women for... Things that we thought, things that the media presented to us, and things that we learned later were maybe not so true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really exciting. And honestly, we've got a bunch of people that we can talk about sort of lined up. We've got ideas for future episodes. But unfortunately, we get more and more women added to the list each day, you know? True. I mean... Honestly, with this whole Cosby thing that's going on now, like... Ooh, Cosby. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though, that we we do want to make sure that people recognize that, like, he's out not because they decided he was innocent, but on a technicality, really. He's out because his lawyers are good and the justice system sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just going to be an old piece of shit somewhere. But he... He's completely guilty, but he shouldn't have been in jail for what they put him in jail for. And that's because they fucked up. Yeah. You know, it's that's the thing is like they try and get people on the things that are easier to get them on. Yeah. Instead of the things that they've actually done or vice versa or whatever. It's it's it can be a mess. I just don't know why the case was so hard to try. They had like 60 women. Well, because obviously you can't believe women. I mean, They all got these big reputations. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but there's truth to it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, women are so often not believed, and that's why we're in the place that we're in. And that's why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. I mean, so we got a podcast talking about the big reputations of women and what we later learned or maybe didn't recognize at the time was that there was actually some other information that we weren't being given as a general public, right? Um, So in this episode, our very first full episode, we're going to be talking about the first woman that came to mind whenever we mentioned the premise of our podcast to anyone, right? The idea that we're talking about women who we judged and later realized that, hmm, maybe there was a lot more to that story. And whenever I presented that to anyone, they always came up with the same answer. Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, And shout out to Monica. We'll tag you in our social media posts. Give it a listen. We'll see. She's fantastic. She is awesome. But yeah, we're going to be talking about her today. All right. So we're going to cover the ways that she was portrayed by the media. There were so many horrible things said about her. She's a homewrecker, a slut, even worse things that I don't feel comfortable saying. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, so many. 
Uh, we'll then dig into some of the nuanced information that revealed that there was a lot more to this story than the sensationalized media was letting on, including issues related to the power structure of this so-called, air quote, relationship. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we're going to touch on where Lewinsky is today, what she's done with her life, and what the aftermath was of this scandal. <laughs> All right, so let's dig into her. Who was Monica Lewinsky? So as an individual, Monica Lewinsky is now an American activist, television personality. She was a fashion designer, but most notably, she's a former White House intern. So Bill Clinton admitted to having an affair with Lewinsky while she worked at the White House in 1995 to 1996. Affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. He admitted to uh, taking advantage of a woman while he was in a position of power. That's, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I guess it can't be an affair. Like, it can't be consensual because of who he was. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a man in a position of power. Even if she were to say it was consensual, which mm -hmm. she did at the time, Yeah, you know, uh, when she was able to admit to it and everything... Uh, there is this power structure that, well, even if she thought it was consensual, could be argued, hmm, maybe not so much. Well, there are rules about that. Like, prison guards can have relationships with prisoners because of the power structure. Well, looking at you, Orange is the New Black. <laughs> I love Orange is the New Black. <laughs> I mean, we can still love it and recognize that there's a lot of fiction to yes, it. Yes, of course, yeah. Anyway, about Lewinsky. She was born in San Francisco, California on July 23rd, 1973. She grew up in Brentwood and Beverly Hills. Her dad was a doctor and her mother a writer. Honestly, some would say that she grew up comfortably, which uh, is, of course, the rich way of saying rich. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Unfortunately, money could not buy happiness. Her childhood was described as tense. Her parents divorced when she was 16, so that eased some of the tension, but they still kind of hated each other. She went on to earn her degree in psychology in 1995 from Lewis and Clark College. I mean, I'm, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Like, divorcing at 16, that's a rough age for your parents yeah. to split up. I was four when mine split up, and it was just like, I don't... I don't remember anything mm -hmm. different, but 16 is kind of like... You're already going through so many changes, and now your home structure is you know, yeah. broken. Mm -hmm. That definitely has to mess with your development. Uh, the same year she graduated, she had a family friend that helped her to obtain an internship in the White House, which she was like 22, so I like to ask how. I mean, I would say it's it's probably not that uncommon. I mean, it maybe is a college internship, whatever. I mean, Misha Collins... My favorite. She's I, smiling so hard right I got, now. I got to bring him up whenever I can. Uh, he was like, I think he was like 20 or so when he was a White House intern. But I guess maybe because hers was more in the Oval Office that maybe that's a little bit trickier to pull off. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, unless, of course, like a creepy old man is into you and then boom. <laughs> that does help move things along. <laughs> creepy old man. Ew. So <laughs> ew, ew, ew. Lewinsky started in the old executive office building. She basically just sorting mail for the White House chief of staff. But they had this big budget impasse in Congress that forced everyone to shut down. We had that a couple of years ago. Honestly, our government is such a flippin' disaster at this point. I Yes, it's, it's like... 
It's almost like a given at this point. But yeah, at that point, it was a big deal. Yeah, I think it might have been like the first of, I don't know. I don't know enough about government shutdowns. But in this government shutdown, they were just like, all right, everyone who's not essential needs to go home. So then they leaned on unpaid interns, which sounds sounds about right for the White House. Sounds about American. (laughs) Yeah. So they had Lewinsky doing basically everything. How she ended up meeting Bill Clinton, uh, she met him while delivering a pizza. Some would say that he sold a pizza her heart. Oh, my God. Okay, listeners, obviously this is a podcast and not a video, but I hope you could hear my eye roll right there. I hope I hurt you. I hope you hurt yourself on that eye roll because... I love a good a pun. Pizza, her heart. Oh my god. I love a good pun and a food pun. It's just chef's kiss, amazing. And I googled so hard for that, and that was the best one I found. So goodbye. <laughs> All right. So I want to pause here because I want to ask you what you remember about this situation. Honestly, I mean. Not a ton of details, just that she had sex with the president, you know, and then it was like a blowjob and and then there was this whole deal with her dress and that. But honestly, what I remember is all about her and not about what he had done. Yeah. I also, (laughs) so this is weird. I remember I was going on a week-long program to Washington, D.C. called The Presidential Classroom when I was a junior in high school. That was 1998. And so this was the height of the drama, the scandal, which had broken in January of that year, I think. January, yeah. At one point, we our group went to a comedy improv show thing. It was like a comedy singing group or something. That sounds terrible. It, it was hysterical, <laughs> but... Um, they were singing about her. Ooh. And I wasn't super into following the news at that time, uh, like many high schoolers in the 90s. So I didn't pay a lot of attention to all of it, but it was definitely a part of it. <laughs> I'll give you a, a picture. Uh, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna insert a picture here. I meant to get this before. <laughs> I want to know the songs they sung. I wish you knew more about the, this, like, improv troupe, because I would like to Google them and see if there's some footage. Like, what were they singing about? Oh, my God. You look so cute. <laughs> New friends. Presidential classroom. Oh, yeah. So these are some pictures. I'm, we'll, we'll share them on our social media. Um, Is that John Kerry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. We met John Kerry and I met Barney Frank at the time, who I was my congressman. John Kerry. Well, he was just a congressman, a junior congressman at the time, because Ted Kennedy was the uh, old, older congressman, the senior congressman or senior senator, rather, of the state of Massachusetts at that time. So, yes, that is me at 17 years Aww. old, visiting Washington, D.C., trying to be some future political future figure. young Republican. Ew, no, that was something I definitely was never. I, Although uh, my my junior year English teacher would disagree because I definitely wrote an essay in junior year of high school about how I shouldn't pay social security taxes. None of us should. We're not going to get it. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, going back now, I wonder about it. But as a principal, if, if it worked the way it was supposed to, it would be a, a great in theory. But I was like, I shouldn't pay it because it's going to other people. When really it's oh, like, yeah. I shouldn't pay it because I'm never going to get my turn, Ed. <laughs> 
I think John Kerry was the first president I voted for. That sounds right, because I yeah. the first president I voted for was Al Gore, who um, did win the popular vote, but uh, was not matter. <laughs> was what? not elected president. <laughs> How adorable. Anyway, so yes, I will share some of those. We'll share some of those uh, photos to social media. Anyway. So that was me at that time around uh, when this whole scandal was sort of a, Brewing. a big thing. So for me, I think I was like eight. But what I do remember is I think that's how I learned about blowjobs. I think that's how I learned what the what they were, at least. Um, you were not eight. I was. How old you were, was I? You had to have been 12. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Math. Maybe I was eight mentally. Who You're knows? only five years younger than me. And I was... Uh. 17 so i think that makes you 12 then 19, i probably already 1998 you were born in 86 yeah so 12 no math it up girl no <laughs> that's your job teach please cut all of this out um no way. i'm leaving it in <laughs> so i must have already known about blowjobs then if i was 12 I, maybe but like honestly it was a different time true True. But I do remember seeing John Goodman dress up like Linda Tripp on Saturday Night Live <laughs> and just like eat and drink everything. That's like what comes to mind first is like uh, Molly Shannon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And John Goodman on Saturday Night Live is what comes to mind. Yeah. Molly Shannon would have been playing Lewinsky yeah, at that time. Molly, yeah, she was. Right, so on the surface, this was all just a political sex scandal involving a 49-year-old U.S. president, Bill Clinton, and a 22-year-old Monica Lewinsky. Again, a 22-year-old Monica Lewinsky. We're going to do some math here for you. That's a 27-year difference. That's a whole person. Yeah. That's a whole person a, who she, could... He could be her dad. I want to say that she was like closer in age to his daughter, right? Because how old was Chelsea? I think Chelsea's my age, so she would have been a teenager at that time. Yeah. Ew. That's that's weird and gross. Anyway. But again, yeah. <laughs> not on her. Yeah. This is on him. Yeah. I mean, he should have known better, right? Like, maybe just don't date you someone think. so young. Anyway. Especially when you're married? Yeah. That I mean, <laughs> there's so many things. Listen, I know polyamory is a thing, but that wasn't an open relationship yeah. that he had with Hillary at the time. That involves much more communication that I don't think that he's capable of. <laughs> so both Bill and Monica denied the affair. <clears throat> abuse of power. Correction. Abuse of power. At first. So there wasn't a lot to know about it, but that didn't stop the media from speculating. We're going to cover some of the big rumors. Right. My favorite and kind of confusing one was the cigar rumor. Hearing yeah. this at the age of 12 like didn't really make a lot of sense. So the story was that Monica Lewinsky masturbated with a cigar while President Clinton also masturbated and watched her. And I just always didn't understand how structurally that would be possible. I mean... But like how like... Why? It's not a carrot. Not why. <laughs> like, I'm so sure it would fit. But I also feel that, like, my vag would snap a cigar. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I know a lot Maybe about vaginas. Maybe he wanted to smoke it after. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish this was a video Describe cast, Describe my guys. face. <laughs> because she just basically silently threw up. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, wait. I never thought of that. 
gross ew stop goodbye wish i didn't know that that's I'm what just happened just concerned for so again uh these are rumors yes there's there's no like facts that this actually happened but i'd be concerned of like ph levels i mean light them if you got them i'm just kidding oh my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. The big one, though, that I remember was the blue dress rumor, right? Um, that that Lewinsky knew that Clinton sort of jizzed or ejaculated on her dress and kept it as proof or evidence or maybe even as a memento. I mean, people accused her of doing that. That is incredibly creepy. I mean, yeah, I don't... I don't know. And, and honestly, even if she did... It, it's her business, but it, it shouldn't have been a thing. Yeah. So they also made her out to be this big stalker. So Lewinsky showed up at every White House event just to get a glimpse of the president. She weaseled her way into the White House so that she could meet him. Again, all of this sort of the perspective that's given to us by media, yes. right? Yeah. Like she was, she was out to get him from the beginning is what we were told. Oh, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. That was that. That's every woman's agenda. Let me let me get in and try and sleep with the president because that's going to get me places. Yeah. No. So late night talk shows and tabloids had a field day with these things. Mm-hmm. Jay Leno notoriously talked so much crap about her. Ugh. Bill Maher and, and SNL made a lot of money and time off of it, too. I mean, so did a lot of comedy groups all over, but especially those in D.C., Honestly, when you think about even sort of the, the, I mean, sometimes quote unquote serious media, but also sort of the tabloid media, what were some of the headlines that you remember from that time? Or not that, you, not necessarily that you remember, but that you, you that I Google, that you, <laughs> <laughs> sure, that you Google. What were some of the headlines that were some of the headlines then? that I Googled? They were great. A lot of them are from like the National Enquirer. People is now pretty crappy, but people used to not be crappy, so they were pretty good about this stuff. But a mm-hmm. lot of National Enquirer. So there was one that was just all caps, fatal attraction, how a lovesick Monica stalked the president. There was another one that said Monica's sex diary, alleging that she had made notes on how many times they were together. Honestly, even if she did, do. so what? It's her diary. Yeah. But also, like, where'd you get this information? Thin air. Thin air. But my favorite, and I will share a picture of this somewhere, um, it was Monica's secret lust for Bob Dole. And on the cover, this one had a picture of Bob Dole in some short shorts. And honestly, I can't blame her. He's got Stop. nice gams. Stop. He's got good gams. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Stop. Uh, all right. So you're gonna sh- you're gonna share Bob Dole to our Instagram. I'm gonna. I'll put that on. I'll put that on the grams, as the kids say. Okay, so we're going to shake free some truth right now. Um, I got most of my info from articles written for the New York Times. There's an A&E documentary called The Clinton Affair. There is an ABC News special called Truth and Lies, Monica and Bill. And that one, I think, is on Hulu. Super interesting. Check them out, you know, because get get some more perspectives than just ours. Okay, so let's start you off. So in 1994... Ken Starr was chosen as independent counsel and charged with investigating Bill and Hillary Clinton's pre-presidency financial dealings with the Whitewater Land Company. 
So he's finding nothing tangible, and he keeps sort of expanding this investigation in the hopes of finding something. Yeah, he's he's basically grasping at straws. So he starts to look into the sexual harassment suit filed by Paula Jones. She used to be a government employee in Arkansas. So Paula Jones, uh, she was an employee when Clinton was governor. She had a really creepy encounter with him in a hotel room that he later denied, of course. And she got bullied for it pretty badly. Uh, so, like, in a way, you could kind of say she was, like, the first Monica? You could. Uh, the media described her as sweet, nice country girl, but not very sophisticated, which seems rude. Rude. Yeah, it seems pretty rude. Um, so she met him with hopes that she might get a job at the White House when he got there. Like, she was pretty innocent. Not stupid. Innocent. And those are different. Absolutely. Star piggybacks on this case, and he starts asking for other women whose stories might be similar to come forward, maybe sort of building up, hey, she's not the only one with Bill Clinton. So enter Linda Tripp. First off, I fucking hate Linda Tripp. Okay, so maybe we're not ready to do an episode on her. No, never. She'll never get an episode. (laughs) She is the worst of the villains. So Linda Tripp, before I just completely shit on her, she's another White House employee who befriended, and I want you to hear the air quotes that I say befriended in. She befriends Lewinsky while they're both working in the Pentagon Public Affairs Office. So Tripp reaches out to Starr about a friend of hers, again, air quotes, who has an on and off again relationship with Clinton. Tripp tells Starr that her friend isn't willing to come forward, but to help the case, Trip is willing to record her phone conversations with Lewinsky, you know, for justice. Mm-hmm. And of course, she tells her all of this, right? No, it's like she doesn't. She records all of these in confidence. She doesn't tell her at all. Trip is trash. <laughs> Trip is trash. So this get is that tattoo. <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. Just her face on like instead of Oscar the Grouch coming out of a trash can. But this thing is, like, okay, I'm not here to defend her, but I will say, like, the idea, especially in the 90s, of there only being able to be one woman who had sort of any any sort of even semi-position of power was a big thing. Like, it, whereas today, I think we're a lot better at women lifting up other women. That was definitely not the case in the 90s. And it was like, I need to be the woman on top, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not necessarily in a sexual way, but whatever. (laughs) And that, that, that played a role in how women treated other women when it had to do with power. You're right. I think now we're, I don't know if we're lifting up as much as we can, but we're not pushing down like we were. And Tripp, her whole relationship with Lewinsky was to push her down. Yes. So the calls start very innocently. Like, what'd you do tonight? What'd you have for dinner? I went to the gym. Like, girl talk. Like, basic girl talk stuff. And then Tripp just starts to, like, move the conversation over to Clinton. It's kind of like, imagine your best friend and your mentor. You're talking to them about your crush, only to have that person turn on you. Careful. You don't know this, but I've recorded more than this episode, and I am totally going to use it against you. <laughs> oh, I am I am screwed then. No, but seriously, it's pretty fucked up, honestly. It's bad enough having to fight the patriarchy of men in general, but right? we also have to defend ourselves against other women That's or ridiculous. be worried about betrayals of trust i mean fucking hell so it would be a little bit different for me if trip was like monica she's not a bad person but but she didn't even like monica she describes her as a pest 
She calls her someone's pet rock. She didn't think that Lewinsky had a right to be working at the White House at such a young age. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. She does, uh, Trip does an interview with, I think it's Barbara Walters, where she talks about how when she was young, she's like, certain women thought they would be Miss America, but I wanted to be someone who worked in the White House. So she's had this like dream of working in the White House forever. And then she gets there and it's not all it's cracked up to be. And she wants more. And this is how she gets more. So she's just upset that the president didn't want her to give him a blowjob. I guess. I don't know if she's into Clinton. I I think she doesn't like Clinton either. I think she's just mad about like the management. She likes power. In that time period, in order for women to be, to have any semblance of power, no other woman could have power. And that's fucked up. She just had no respect for her from the beginning. I definitely urge you to go listen to those tapes. They're all on YouTube. It it starts off like they're best friends, but the amount of gaslighting that goes on in these conversations is astounding. Uh, Lewinsky would be crying and breaking down on these calls about how hard this quote-unquote relationship was going. And Tripp's offering her words of encouragement only to speak to other people about how pathetic Lewinsky is. Yeah. No, Maybe that's why people don't talk on the phone these days. <laughs> right? Don't know. Make sure course, you have a secure line before you talk. Like, do it like mob phone calls. You know, texting doesn't help either because then you have written evidence. True. Of Only Snapchat. Snapchat disappears. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Trip had goals. Yeah. She obviously. had a few goals. Like, she wanted to be more powerful. She wanted to take down the president. She didn't like him. She didn't think he was doing a good job. Uh, she was also looking for a book deal, which she shopped around a lot and not many people were interested. Also, I think she was trying to prove a point. She claims that Lewinsky was a player and needed to learn the consequences of what she had done, which like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, honestly, I, how did she come into this in the first place, right? She just happened to be there. She was like fake friends with this woman. And I guess she got close enough. And also remember why in the 90s I struggled to be friends with other women because it was all about fake friends. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's terrible. And it is definitely due to the patriarchy. But mm-hmm. like, it was also, a struggle. She's older. I think she's maybe in her 30s or 40s when this is happening. And the is 22. So yeah. she's just like, here's this nice old lady who wants to be friends with me. She nice has. Old lady. Wait, you said 30s or 40s, nice old lady. You just called us old, like, because you're 30s, I'm 40. Like, we're not that old. <laughs> but imagine you're younger, like, a mentor level. Like, you right. know, when you're 22, any. Also, when you're 22, anyone who's older than you is old. Yeah. Like, think about, like, how you were at that age. Yeah. So you have this person who comes in and they're super nice to you, and you start spilling your secrets because, like, they won't tell anybody. They are looking out of my best. They are looking for my best interest. And that just wasn't the case. No. So let's go back to Star for a second, right? Uh, in January of 1998, we learned that Star expands his investigation so far to include this alleged affair between Clinton and the White House intern, Monica Lewinsky. Star reaches out to Lewinsky. He threatens to prosecute her for witness tampering, obstruction of justice, conspiracy, Basically just saying anything that would scare the crap out of her. He told her that she would get 30 years in prison. But 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 for what? Like, not coming forward about being sexually coerced by the president? Well, his goal was to get her to wear a wire. To get the president to admit to the affair on tape. So he would have all his evidence. So she, they were like scare tactics. They were, they were absolutely scare tactics. But Lewinsky 
who clearly has always been a fucking boss, refused the FBI. She was adamant that she didn't want to ruin the president's life or her own and refused to wear a wire. All right. And what Wolstar was trying to work on Lewinsky, the president testifies in the Jones case. Remember Paula Jones? Throw yeah. back to Paula Jones, where he's asked about Lewinsky and he lies about it. Big mistake. Huge. What yeah. is he thinking? This is actually a felony, right? I mean, lying mm-hmm. under oath. And it's grounds for impeachment. So Star, star no doubt, grinning from ear to ear, right? It's, it's sort of his, I got him moment. But reporters get a hold of Lewinsky's name and that sort of changes everything, really, right? So basically, in like every interview the president does, he does about three interviews in which he denies the whole thing. And, you know, the famous line, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah. So Lewinsky's asked about this like years later, and she speaks about the part where he says that woman, like he strips away her complete identity. Yeah. She's just some random hoe on the street, right? She's just some thought, basically. And she says that like, it was so hurtful to her, that part of the denial, because she felt like a piece of trash and she felt very used, which she has every right to feel. Even if he's lying about it, I did not have sexual relations with Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. She's still an individual. She's, She's a still person. a person. But yeah. this takes away her her personhood and makes her an object. Yeah. So at this point, the spin machine starts. If he's telling the truth, then Lewinsky must be a liar. The White House is a huge part of this smear campaign. Hillary... She went on a huge campaign tour. She went on all the talk shows. She basically talking up the president and in turn talking down Lewinsky. And and another, this is just like another case of women blaming women. I mean, sure, I, I'd be inclined to do the same thing if it happened with my husband. But no. in this case, Hillary was probably also afraid of losing her power. I mean... Let's be honest, she was the smarter of the two all along, and she always had presidential aspirations herself. And so she needed to play the game in order to maintain her power. Yeah, she's not going to let, like, this seemingly, like, little girl ruin her aspirations to be in the White House. And let's just put it out there, we we both voted for her when, in 2016, you know... How do you know I voted for her? Girl... (laughs) If you didn't, this podcast is canceled. (laughs) But but honestly, it's not to say that she couldn't have been that. But as a woman, if she had these sort of marks against her, then she would never even have had a chance to continue. Well, can I say that it still didn't matter? Because I remember when she was running, there were people who I spoke to were like, well... She can't even control her own house. Her husband cheated on her. How could she be president? Of course, yeah. You, so, but but she couldn't have won in that case, right? Yeah. That's what so it's saying. like you're damned if you get like. There's a whole idea that like she's supposed to stand by her man, right? She did what she needed to do for her family. There's there's no winning for Hillary in this. So like as much as we say what we want to say about her, there's not. She's in a terrible position. Like, what was she supposed to get a divorce while in the White House? Like, what would that have looked like? I mean, have we ever had a divorced president? I mean, no. so that's another thing. And if she wants to be the first woman president, but she's also divorced. Like, that's going to make it even harder. Yeah. So she was between a real rock and a hard place. But she did have a hand in spreading these rumors about Lewinsky. So Lewinsky was known to be a, a stalker. She was referred to as as being a stalker, just following the president around, a little lovesick puppy. And then she also gets written off as a, a gold digger. Like, she just wants the president for his power. 
<sighs> so, uh, while well, all this is going on, we still have the Jones trial, right? Lewinsky and her mother are actually called to testify based off of the trip tapes. And we all remember those. And if you don't remember those, because you maybe weren't alive at the time, as Kim said, go check them out. YouTube. They are available on YouTube. Things were debunked during this trial. I mean, the little blue dress becomes evidence. You know, uh, remember the blue dress rumors uh, in this prior interview, Lewinsky said she, she didn't notice a stain until she took the dress out for Thanksgiving. She tried it on with Linda Tripp, uh, who was her confidant, and Tripp told her it made her look fat. Okay, great. Oh, Good women. job. Always Good job. helping. When the two women figured out the president's semen was on the dress, Tripp, who was taping Lewinsky, of course, always recording, like mm-hmm. I am you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, encouraged her to keep it. Lewinsky was shocked and confused, but, uh, you know, her bestie told her to do it. So she was like, I, I guess, you know, makes sense. Like, you're, Souvenir. You're good. You're good for information and helpfulness. I guess I should keep this if you tell me to. Oh, might be helpful. So, so the cigar rumor was also debunked. So no major U.S. news organizations have ever printed this. It's unclear whether Lewinsky told the story during the grand jury, which is legal speak for it didn't happen. <laughs> so where this cigar rumor came from, I scoured the corners of the Internet and I cannot find it. Yeah. Yeah. It was I- on tabloids, though. So maybe some intern at National Enquirer like made it up. <sighs> yeah, I I don't I mean honestly I don't remember this one as much as the dress rumor, Try but um it obviously came to be at some point. Yeah. There was also this idea of the unrequited love, you know, Lewinsky talking about having a crush on Clinton. I mean, he was the president. Is that super surprising how many women had a crush on Obama? Mm-hmm. How many people have even come out and saying like they have like they find Biden hot? Like, okay, not me. Hashtag not it. <laughs> but there are people out there who will find him attractive because of his power. I find him attractive because he's not Trump. I mean, that's a low bar, but yeah. I find his wife more attractive. Jill's Jill's cute. <laughs> She's a hottie. Jill's cute. <laughs> and Lewinsky hung around the Oval Office just hoping to see him. This is the idea that's being perpetuated. I mean, she was a White House intern. What yeah. the Where was she supposed to be? She supposed yeah. to do? <laughs> she speaks about how charismatic he was and about how he can make you feel like the only person in the room. I mean, many any people. good politician exactly. can do that. Many other people have said that. Like, men do have been like, he's like really personable. Like, he makes you feel special. Yeah. Like, that's not new. And you're right. That's such a politician thing to do. I mean, it started as a fling and it became more, at, at least in Lewinsky's eyes. And of course, if let's be honest, like if it had been me, I would have been thinking along the same lines. Mm-hmm. I would have thought, wow, you know, this person is really showing me attention. I must be something special. Fucking patriarchy. <laughs> but on the trip secret tapes, Lewinsky speaks of it as being more of a relationship than a hookup. But again... I think back to myself at that age and how I perceived relationships or interactions with other individuals. The things I did at that age, if I had a Linda Tripp, I would be ruined. I've done dumb things for boys that smiled at me too hard. You know, like I get it. I completely get it. And, And again, especially when this man is the 
arguably the person with the most power in the world. Mm-hmm. There were gifts, there were phone calls, there were letters exchanged. There was stuff that made her continually think this is more than obviously whatever Clinton thought it was. Yeah. So there's another rumor that was debunked that she was just a big stalker. Lewinsky would show up at every White House event just to get a glimpse of the president. She was literally a White House intern. (laughs) So at some point, he stopped taking her calls. She was moved to the Pentagon. That's when she started working with uh, Tripp. But when he did see her at an event, he would call her the next day. So she went to all the events because then she would get a phone call the next day and he would talk to her. Of course she would go to the events if, like, the guy who you want to talk to isn't talking to you. But Mm -hmm. he talks to you at this thing. She thought they had a connection, so of course she went there. She was promised that after the re-election that he would bring her back to work in the White House. So, like, there were a lot of promises made to her. Sure. So why would she not show up for these things? Because a man is going to promise anything if he can get a blowjob out of it. Exactly. Ew. On November 13th, 1998, Clinton settled with Jones for around $800,000, which was the entire amount of her claim. Good for her. Minus the apology she was also asking for. Well, I mean, it wouldn't have been sincere even if he gave it. Exactly. It would have been like, I'm sorry, fuck you. Or I'm sorry you feel that way, which is how people apologize when they don't care about you at all. Yeah. I'm sorry you feel that way. Not I'm sorry for what I did. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. So... What's going on now? I mean, we're in 2021. We're we're quite a few years after this. Uh, We're in 20 plus years after the fact. It's a surreal thing to think. What's with Lewinsky now? So right after all of this happened, uh, she tried to market on her name as best as she could because, like, what else was she going to do? Yeah. So there were handbags that she sold on QVC. There was a (laughs) dating show that she did for MTV called uh, Mr. Personality. Finding these things super unsatisfying, she dipped to London. All right. All right. You know, get out of here. Yeah. Um, in 2005, Lewinsky gave herself some peace and and moved to London to attend the London School of Economics. She's trying to better herself for herself at yeah. this point. Lewinsky has emerged in recent years as an anti-bullying advocate from writing essays for Vanity Fair, which have placed her former relationship with the Clintons into context of the Me Too movement to doing public speaking events. She's also the clapback queen on Twitter. And she's got jokes. Yeah. You know, this was one that I really loved. Uberfax asked, what's the most high risk, low reward thing you've ever done? (laughs) And she just quote tweeted it with the eyes emoji. (laughs) And it's like... If you know, you know. Which is so good. Like, that's... If, like, there's an award show for tweets, that's gotta win it's, it's best tweet of the year. It's gonna be on the nomination list. Yeah. But, honestly, more recently, she, she founded her own production company, Alt Ending. And she got a production deal with the Disney-owned 20th Television. She'll be producing an upcoming installment of American Crime Story, which will tell the story of Clinton's impeachment. That's gonna be so good. Sarah Paulson is playing Linda Tripp. Oh, all right. That's going to be so good. Um, And she's also working on a documentary called 15 Minutes of Shame. That's going to be pretty interesting. I also read that she gave a TED Talk in 2015 on the topic of public shaming, which I think is 
quite appropriate. She talks about that in a 2019 interview with John Oliver. She spoke about how hard it was to be so misunderstood at such a young age. Again, she was 22 years old. I just try to think back to when I was 22. I I, do, I would have done things like this when I was 22. I mean, like, it was a minute ago, but yeah. <laughs> I definitely, I understand. I understand what happened. Yeah. And if I would have had a million eyes watching me, it would have been yeah. really dire consequences, I feel like. I don't, she's very strong to have gone through all of this and come out the other side and still be public facing. But she did have to sort of disappear off the grid for a few years Mm -hmm. before she was able to do that. And honestly, in light of the Me Too movement, we do better understand her and instead of blaming her for that situation. Uh, so Clinton, Bill Clinton, where is, where is he now? Yeah, honestly, I don't really care, but let's just give a little bit of something. Uh, he was asked in an interview how he feels about everything that happened with Lewinsky. And he stated that I did the right thing. I mean, at least as it relates to finally admitting to the affair. Hmm. But he doesn't think he owes Lewinsky an apology, nor has he ever apologized to her directly. He claims she was included in his apologies to everyone. So, I'm sorry you feel that way, America, is what he said. <laughs> yeah. So, Linda Tripp. I was going to go hard, but, like, she's dead now. So, I kind of feel bad. But not really, because, like, fuck her. Because when she was alive, she wasn't a good person. So, like, whatever. So, for her... In 2001, at the end of the Clinton administration, she was let go. She then sued, saying that the firing was payback. They reached a settlement with the federal government. She got around 500K. She got a promotion with retroactive pay and the highest salary that she'd ever made for three years. And so after that, she also received a pension. And even though there had been these issues in the past and she'd been fired, she was cleared to work for the federal government again. So that firing didn't actually it theoretically yeah. didn't have any impact on her yeah like she work. got money which is what she wanted i'm guessing and then was also allowed to have her job back if she wanted it so in a 2018 interview trip insisted that her only regret was not coming forward sooner she had this whole thing where like she could have done more for Lewinsky if people would have known about it sooner which i don't think that's the best thinking and even so it doesn't seem to have been her goal No, no. She died of cancer in April 2020. So let's talk now a little bit about the impact of Lewinsky and her whole situation. I mean, honestly, 23 years later, this is still a thing. Literally, when we spoke to people about the concept of this podcast being about women who we have as a society judged and then later realized... Oh, wait, there's more to that story. Everyone asked, like, Monica Lewinsky? Yep, so many times over. She's a perfect example for the abuse of power dynamics that has been further explored in the Me Too era, with individuals such as Harvey Weinstein and the aforementioned Bill Cosby. During that time, these events really affected how mainstream media relayed information to the general public. It was a big scandal and it was political, so it wasn't just the rag magazines, but the so-called reliable news sources focusing on the drama. I mean, this was pre-social media, 
And even 24-hour news was relatively limited. So for them to engage in this salacious drama was a big deal. Honestly, I wonder if it's less her impact and more a cultural shift that took place in the 21st century that has allowed us to re-examine the situation. I mean, it allows her to take control of her own narrative and give her the ability to get her life back. It is only with things like the Me Too movement that we have given Lewinsky a second chance. And that's on us as a society. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's that's honestly my biggest takeaway is that if we had listened to Lewinsky then... Or even if she'd felt like she could come forward with her truth, that it would have played out a lot differently. And we wouldn't have judged her as harshly as quickly. All right. So think about my takeaway. And the first one is, damn, I'm old. (laughs) I mean, the fact that I was a junior in high school when this happened, that's. And it was 23 years ago? Like, mm-hmm. that's a minute. But but honestly, seriously, I have to ask, like, have we really come far enough? I mean, sure, we have the Me Too movement, and we tell ourselves and each other not to victim blame. But how many women are coerced by men in power with the promise of something bigger and more important for their lives, and that they never see it? How many women feel that they have no choice but to say yes so that they don't lose their job or a particular opportunity? I mean, Lewinsky was trying to do something in the political realm. And it was if if she'd said no, she would have been ostracized. But Mm. if she said yes and was caught, she would also be ostracized. It's it's a lose-lose situation. I mean, how many women feel they must... Uh, deny allegations or that they can't come forward because of fear of repercussions. How much do we see with that with the Me Too movement and Harvey Weinstein and that? They're, they're fearing repercussions, they're fearing judgments, and they're honestly, there's always that potential for this big reputation. Yeah. For me, I feel like it's more of the media side. Like, I'm glad that this didn't take place in such a big social media world because there would be like, TikTok dances about like doing the Lewinsky or something if it happened now. Oh God. <laughs> but also just like think about what you're laughing at. Like I was watching those Saturday Night Live skits laughing because I was a child thinking that oh, this was such a funny scenario. But this is someone's life mm-hmm. that was depicted on TV and it it doesn't even match who she actually is as a person. It's kind of the idea of Monica Lewinsky became bigger than who she actually was. Yeah. And it's like, you need to think about that and see if that matches up to the narrative that's being given to you. Yeah. Check out our show notes because we're going to include some resources, resources that we used and referenced in researching this episode, but also others that you might want to check out on your own. Uh, We encourage you to follow Lewinsky on Twitter at Monica Lewinsky. You can also check out the authorized biography, Monica Story, by Andrew Morton. And there's an exclusive that Lewinsky wrote uh, about her affair with Clinton in Vanity Fair. That link will be in the show notes. And we'll also share more links in the show notes. So what do you think? Share your thoughts with us. Do you have any suggestions for women you think we should cover? Follow the podcast on Twitter at Big Rep Pod and on Instagram at Big Reputations Pod. Send us a message or email us at BigReputationsPod at gmail.com. We'd love to include your thoughts in a future episode. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends and family, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. 
All right, now let's sign off with some final words. What do you got for us, Kim? There is no problem that cannot be solved by chocolate. All right, I'm not going to argue with that. And I'm going to leave you with Believe Women. <laughs>